Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's up, everybody? It's Huey here. Happy New Year. How'd you like that Q&A episode we popped out last week? I hope you dug it. A lot of y'all were getting on the social medias asking for questions answered. So I figured, what the fuck, right? Anyway, if you've got some more questions, I'm at Official Huey on Twitter. Get your questions in and we'll get on that. Now, okay, because we don't shy away from controversy here on the pod, my good buddy King and I were in New York City mid-December and I was visiting him in his house and we decided to talk about this whole Me Too thing going on. And it's an evolving discussion. I encourage you to listen all the way through because our viewpoints develop as we speak. And that's kind of the idea behind this idea of a pod is that you may go into it feeling one way about a thing or maybe ambivalent about a thing. And then you learn enough to form an opinion. So that's kind of what we're doing. That's the whole point. It's a conversation. Plus, we got the inside scoop on some of these dudes who be misbehaving because we did know a couple of them knuckleheads. Anyway, here you go. Me and my G King doing what we can. Peace. This conversation y'all are about to hear, for the last couple of days, I came to town and me and King decided not to talk about this because there was so much shit to talk about. We wanted to do it on the pod for you guys. So this may come out in spurts like a Richard Hell song, but we did. We talked about Richard Hell too for a minute, didn't we? Yeah. Well, without Richard Hell, there's no punk rock was what I yeah, said. Yeah. Period. <laughs> or what people think of as punk rock. I mean, the Ramones were already in existence, but... His girlfriend got mad at him and cut up his t-shirts because she didn't want him to go outside. And he said, fuck that. Put safety pins through the t-shirts, put them back together, and went out and played his gig. Apparently, that's where Malcolm McLaren saw him. <laughs> went back to England and made, you know, the, made a modern-day equivalent to the monkeys. Put, put together a band of people that he just thought looked cool, who care, he didn't care about their talent. And uh, happened to work out in a great and magical way. In a lot of ways, he was... He was responsible for actually moving the bar a lot in the music business. Maybe not positively, but totally where, you know, demographics were exploited. You know, he knew exactly that who to market this new music to and stuff. The disaffected. Disenfranchised. Yeah, the youth, man. But, I mean, there's also, I mean, there was so much money in it. It was ridiculous at that point, man. But anyway, we're talking about all this sexual harassment bullshit. Well, we could get into it through that. I mean, you know. Yeah, we could. The Ramones got signed based on something involving that. <laughs> what happened? Tell me that story. Well, 53rd and 3rd, D.D. Ramone apparently used to work as a... He was a male... He was male like, prostitute yeah. for, to get his drugs. And... Uh, he was sucking dick for crack. And a famous executive who was married, as a lot of music executives are, who aren't necessarily 100% straight... <laughs> 
that's how they got their deal. So anyway, whatever. <laughs> so what we're not talking about. The thing was, when you said I had to watch a video, Mateo said there was a video. Okay, out. so you remember Dominic DeLuca, right? Yeah. Right. So apparently Dominic jumped on this bandwagon and said that Kevin Spacey. Really? Did you hear about this? No, no. I didn't hear about okay, this. Okay, so Dominic is an old friend. Of, as a matter of fact, when yeah. I first met Dominic in the nightclubs when I was doing the clubs, which is before I met you, I thought he was you. Because really? he used to come up to me like, yeah, I'm here with the fun-loving criminals or whatever. And I didn't really know who you guys were. But I was like, all right, well, I, I, first of all, I like the name. So I was like, yeah, cool, you know, come on, whatever. Somebody introduced me to Dominic, and I was like, okay, whatever. And then later on, I met you, and I was like, oh, you're not him. That's, what's, what's this other guy doing? He runs a clothing company or something, right? Yeah, he was, it, he used, was it Brooklyn House out Brooklyn, on Melrose? Yeah. But before that, he was like on MTV. He was on like yeah, Headbangers Ball. Yeah, he was on, on Headbangers Ball as a VJ. And he was a DJ. Yeah, he was a DJ at the Limelight. And he was the dude that was probably responsible for Schnapp here in our music because he was a scout for EMI. Well, I knew there was some and connection. Because he asked us for a cassette to ask us for a cassette so he could play it out at the club. So we made a little bunch of songs for like a demo, I guess. But we didn't think it was a demo. We were just making some songs for, for him to play at Limelight. Right. So apparently he posted some sort of open letter after Kevin Spacey got in trouble <laughs> so for, his, for uh, hitting on Anthony Rapp when Anthony Rapp was a kid or something like that. Yeah, that's what he's kind of going down for. Right. Anthony, and I don't know who that actor is, but... He was in Rent. All right, so the point is, I heard a little bit about it. He said he was 14. He was at Kevin Spacey's house at a party, and Kevin went up to him and started giving him some extra attention he shouldn't have. Right. What was a 14-year-old kid doing at, at a party when he's 14? Is, is Anthony Rapp not a gay person now? Yeah, I think he is. Right. Yeah, so he was a gay kid then too, right? right. But he's still a kid. I'm not saying that's right. a good no, thing. Right, no, I'm not. But I'm just saying what parents would let their kid go to some fucking actor's house. Oh, I wouldn't. Same, I'm a parent. I'd be like, fuck no. Same parent who let a teenage daughter take a hot tub and drugs with uh, Roman Polanski. Oh, the God, same God. parents who yeah. brought their children over to Michael Jackson's houses. Yeah, fucking horrible um, human beings. Man. You know, none of this is anything new per se. And... But what did Dom say? Okay, so so here's so here's like I said, Matteo told me this, and I think Matteo said this was a posted open letter on on some on some format, and we should probably look at it so we should know what we were talking about. But uh, apparently, the letter talked about a time twenty something years ago hmm. uh, when we were all hanging out because we we're actually you know we're friends with Kevin Spacey too. Yeah, I love him. Great guy. Yeah. And he used to hit on a friend of ours who was young, and the friend of ours would say, "Thanks, thanks, Kevin, but I don't go that way." And that's the end of that. Mm -hmm. You know, who so, was that? Who's that? You know who that is? <laughs> the same guy who told me the story about uh, Mateo. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. He used yeah. to hit on Mateo all the time. All right, yeah, but you know. yeah, but it's okay. To me, you know, I, I grew up in the West Village, like Summer and Fire Island. My parents had a house in yeah, the Australia, it's like, and a gay I, I man can I'm, hit on you. And to me, that's a compliment. I'm like, thanks very yeah. much. I just don't go that way. Yeah, the supposition okay. is that people understand that shit. If people who aren't from, like, Manhattan or a very diverse cosmopolitan area, people will get completely freaked out that a gay person hit on you, that you'd think you were dirty. So I know people would freak out to that shit. So I was just, that's what I was just saying. Well, right, no, but, it, well, so this story kind of lent, goes to that, which is this guy, Dominic, who, you know, we know he's been around. We, you'd think he's cool. And apparently, back then in the day, Kevin showed up at his store to get some sort of clothing for something early in the morning, drunk. So it's probably late at night, really. And at some point, Dominic bent over to get something. Kevin walked behind him and, like, you know, simulated, sim simulated doing something to him. 
And Dominic said, no, well, I don't go that way or whatever. And Kevin stopped. 20 years later, he writes this open letter about how he's been thinking about this for 20 years. And to me, like, first of oh, all, God. you know, way to jump on a bandwagon, way to not really, they're not equal things. Some gay guy hit on you or did a gesture. You went to nightclubs. Didn't gay guys hit on you all the time or come up behind you and dance and you go, hey, no thanks. Like, well, you know. I, I did plenty of that. Right. You, were, you, you don't, you don't, you know, harbor it for 20 years 20. until the guy gets busted. Well, you know what? That's weird because a lot of people are just assuming the worst as far as a lot of these accusations for all these people. And I'm saying, I'm not a broad brush guy, so we'll go into case by case. But from what I understand about Kevin is that he, they, they're saying that he was just like a dick grabber. Okay. Like he grabbed motherfuckers by so the maybe, dicks. So maybe that's what he did to Donnie. Yeah. He grabbed him underneath yeah. by the balls or whatever the but hell some it is. dude said he did that and it freaked him out. Like for this, And Dominic saying it freaked him out for 20 years or something. Right. Like, you know, to, to me, that's, I mean, for me, one of the reasons why it's always been okay is because I always knew who and what I was. Yeah, if you, yeah. And also... And you, know, you call it securing your sexuality. I don't, I don't even mean it necessarily that way. I just, it wasn't what interested me. I, I did have a guy actually trying, when I was a teenager and going to school over here, I was in musical theater, and I went to the musical theater place well, to get a costume, yeah. and the guy did my inseam and held on too long. I said, that's not your way you do an inseam, and he started saying something. I was like, no, I have lots of suits Get, get away from me. And yeah. I do regret when I realized this years and years later that I never told on the guy so that he might have done it to a bunch of other kids who didn't know that that's not how an inseam was done. Dude. But I did because my mother was, you know, from New Zealand, so I actually had suits made for me yeah. <laughs> since I'm a child. It's also strange because in the gay community, and also the thing was the way he, uh, apparently Kevin handled it because he wasn't openly gay until this came right. out. We all knew right. because well, we knew him socially, right? I asked so we him all... once about it. He had a he had a great answer. He said, "Do you have to have to come out and say you're a heterosexual?" And I said, yeah, no, "I said only when gay guys hit on me." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he goes, "Well, that's one." He goes, "Other, you know." He also said, "I might lose some jobs or this or people would think about me differently." I thought I said to do with his mom. Maybe do too, but I remember he said that part to me about like you know that uh, I don't have to declare myself a heterosexual. And I said that is a valid point to me because I technically I don't, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean he, I mean he 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 was a dick, and he is a dick. I mean I've I'm a friend of his, and I saw him pull a dick move on my wife when we were at a dinner with Amy in London and shit like that. And Becky said something to him, and he looked right at her didn't reply and then looked away like totally right. like blank drum okay. like shady you know queen material bullshit you know right and <laughs> becky got upset and left and i was like yo listen to yo what the fuck man and if you call people on shit you can get past it like that's why these people who have didn't call like dom said right 20 said, 25 years he said he didn't call him on a shit and it's been harping on him for 20 years and now he's going to call him on a shit I'm always from the schools. Call motherfuckers on their shit when shit happens. Yeah. And then everybody can move on. Like, I'm not angry at Kevin about what he did with my wife or, or blanked her or whatever. Yeah. But because I, I called him up on it at that spot and I let it go. And I'm not saying people should let sexual harassment go. No, of course not. I, th they, I think they should act well, when it happens. And I know sometimes people aren't brave enough or their situation doesn't allow them to do so. And that's what I want to talk about in this. Because it's also, it, as much as it's about... You know, the, like as you were telling, it's, it's systemic in the music business and in the movie business that that's how screwed up fucking dudes and, get and, laid. And from the beginning of time, though. Yeah. You yeah, know, power. I mean, this goes back to Marilyn Monroe and, 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 and Louis B. Mayer. And when she left MGM Grand, she said she was never going to suck a Jewish dick again. Really? She, she married, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who, Arthur Miller. 
two years yeah, later. Yeah. So I, she did. I'm hoping he got his dick sucked. Yeah, well, let's hope so too. Man. <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> writer should get a blowjob. But they've made movies about the fact that that's you know the casting couches. Everybody mm. knows what a casting yeah. couch is. It's not something that somebody made up. It's not something new. Yeah. These things happen and. And I'm not trying to blame victims here because there are genuine victims. And this is one of the problems with the whole Me Too thing is like you're equating, you know, some guy grabbing your ass in the office and inappropriately trying to pick you up with somebody who is actually physically molested against their will. And yeah. they are not the same crimes. Yeah. Men are guilty of a lot of shit. Men are terrible. A lot of men have no sensibility. I've seen men that I know, not generally the guys I'm better friends with, but, you know, ones that we know who like their method of picking up a woman is something I go, what the fuck's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, a woman goes for it. So you go, okay, maybe I'm the one who's wrong. Well, I mean, you know, it, everything is subjective to your experience. Now, you were saying something yesterday. What was it we were using the term microaggressions? Yeah, microaggressions. And like, I, pretty much, a microaggression is is just being assertive, isn't it? No, it can even be as small as like you know, like an underhanded com comment, and uh, oh, these microaggressions are hurting my feelings because everybody's feelings are getting hurt. But. The, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, when it comes to sexual harassment and sexual assault, those are two very different things. Like one's criminal, and one is not. I don't, like you know, they, I was taught when I was a kid that rape was not a sexual crime. It was right, a, it's violent a crime of violence crime. or a crime yeah, of power. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So and we, we are two we, men talking about this. So what the fuck do we know? But no, I'm just saying, like, because I've never been, I've never felt in that kind of situation that uh, anyway, you know what I'm saying? I'm not Yeah, rapist, no, it's not right? supposed to be a sexual... It's a le From the teachings that we grew up with, yes, it's not really supposed to be about the sex itself. It's supposed to be about... But the dominance... The power and yeah, the, controlling yeah. and all that stuff. So I'm seeing, like, a lot of that manifest itself in a lot of these stories. But I also see that when that kind of behavior happens... What and, and when it's not present, others like Louis C.K., for instance, right? Well, he's the, yeah, yeah like I don't think he was like uh, I'm, I'm not saying he's a great guy, but I don't think he was like a sexual abuser, I think he was just a fucking freak, right? He invited a woman over, he told the woman he was going to masturbate in front of her, and then he masturbated in front of her. She could have gotten up and left, he didn't hold her prisoner, he certainly didn't have a gun because he needed both was, hands because apparently he got fully naked. He was dressed, told her he was going to masturbate, took off all his clothes. Wow. There's a lot of time to take off clothes. <laughs> Wow. And, you know, she could have closed her eyes, she could have was left. She, she was, was this one of those, like, she was like a young comedian, right? Yeah, they all want to get in on the business and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And that's you know, why it's he's... Like, but, I, but to say that he's the same as Bill Cosby, who, I know he got off, but he knocked women unconscious and did things to them, that they're not equatable. What Louis C.K. does, he's a sexual freak, and you went to his place, and you let him be whatever that... I mean, to me, I've never masturbated in front of a woman, because that's why, I, if I was... No, I get if I'd masturbate without the woman. That's the I, whole point. Yeah, I, I know, I get that part. It's, I, and also, it's like a lot... Like, people forget, right? Especially, like, and I say civilians, but I say with respect, and actually, you know, with regard, because people who are in the business, that being entertainment business, so music, movies, actors, whatever... We know that all the people, most of the people in this business are fucking damaged, right? Like people like Louis K, he's fucking damaged. And everybody gets like, well, they, that's, they that's do a lot of... comics are, you don't... Yeah, I know, exactly. You know, so the, people forget I, want, I don't know if there's going to be comics anymore because nobody's allowed to bully anybody anymore. And most, most great comics are yeah. built out of somebody bullying them and them trying to use humor to overcome the fact that they can't, you know, fight or defend themselves in some other way. Mm -hmm. You develop your, your thick skin and you do humor. But you're still affected, and everybody's affected. Everybody has issues and problems, sexual yeah. ones, all sorts of things. And 
what happens with all this is we're closing down the conversations instead of opening them up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, it, we're it's running talking about stuff. Yeah, and the thing is, under, under the supposition that something else needs our attention more. Like, no one's going to have a, a, a serious, open dialogue about racism, so they shut down the conversation with a bunch of name-calling. But the point is, if they... In, in thinking that there's something better to do, but there isn't. You have to go through these really hard-to-have conversations... And settle them, you know, not just scream loudest or, you know, stop talking when you finish talking so you had the last point. That's and not, what, not listen to the other person you're talking yeah. to. So I think that is I think that is more of a societal problem. Every, you know, the identity fetish that's going on right now, uh, where people lump themselves into big groups or tribes to almost, I don't know, for almost like, you know, safety in numbers. Yeah. Like was, we, actually, I said there was... Uh, Martin Luther King was like, you know, I want a man to be... Well, I, my hope is that a man or a woman is judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And that was brilliant, because then you just have individuals and human beings, right? When you say, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a half Puerto Rican, straight, white, male, uh, you know, whatever. when you start identifying yourself in these grand terms, you lose the whole point of of progression and progressive ideas and everybody calls themselves a progressive but then they they don't do progressive things it's like no one's no one's paying attention to what happened for the last 50 years you know it's yeah scary. well you, you know first and foremost yes we have to have conversations about things that are uncomfortable but th that group mentality that's part of what bugged me when they came up with this hashtag me too thing and all yeah. these girls are like and you know somebody grabbing your ass at the office disgusting horrible not 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 justifying it mm. however it's not the same as being mugged raped you know pulled into an alleyway with a guy with a knife and him that they're not the same thing <laughs> well there are two types of men as well right and that's what i think we're seeing here you know you're seeing like you know we can generalize in the respect that they're they're dudes that are just not respectful Right. right, and that's what we're all talking about, like the Matt Lowers and the Louis C.K.s and the Harvey Weinstein, Charlie but, Rose. Yeah, they all like these he had a things. They robe yeah. opened in his house, but these people went back for years. Nobody complained, and they all said, "Oh, oh, that's Charlie." And so, therefore, you've accepted that. Yeah, you haven't normalized. Like you said it, you got to yeah. complain when it, these things first happen. And rape for years and, and molestation have been woefully underreported crimes, at least because. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for the victims, a lot of times when these crimes are reported, they meet with men who don't want to believe them and mm. don't want to pursue these things. And I just was watching on the news today, and it's, it's strangely, it's one of the safest years ever here in New York, like the lowest number of murders and all that stuff. But the amount of reported molestations and or rapes is up like three times what it's ever been before. Well, yeah, and that's think, not that yeah. the number of crimes has increased. That's the number of reportedness has increased. Yeah. And that's great, because maybe that part will wake people up. And I'm totally for that. But, you know, the jumping on the bandwagon, no, be there to support the other ones who really have. And then, you know, let's get real about this. If an actress says to a guy who's a producer, I'll do anything to get a job, and then 10 years later, after she's had a successful yeah. career, and well, said, oh, he did this, you chose. That's a choice. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a good choice. It's called regret, not rape, though. Yeah. Regret and rape are two different things. Yeah. You know, and I'm not one to ever dispense, to, to defend the male I think species. What, I think men yeah. are, on the general, are pretty lowly when it comes to a lot of this stuff. But, once again, we all have to work together. We have to figure it out. We can't just go like, okay, just, you know, put them over here and put us over here. You know, how? what's the solution now? I, I was talking to an actress, right? 
British actress, right? Pretty, you know, you'd know who she was, right? I'm not going right. to say. I was talking to her about this, and we were, we were waiting to do something. I was somewhere, right? And I just had a, an opportunity to chat. This came up because she knew I knew Harvey Weinstein. And I said, uh, she's like, she's, and she's like, you know, she said, that's just the way some of this shit is, right? And she was really matter of fact about it. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But mm-hmm. she said, try to equate it to a woman in this world today trying to climb Mount Everest. And she gets 100 feet from the top of Mount Everest and Harvey Weinstein's dick's in the way. What do you think's going to happen to Harvey Weinstein's dick? And I was like, wow. She goes, that's the, the conundrum that a lot of these women are going through. They've done 90%, 95%, of the, the, the honing of their craft and becoming good at being an actress or whatever. And some schmuck like that is not going to fuck their dream up. So a lot of times, like you said, they just, it's part of doing, it's a cost of doing business. That's right. what this girl said, right? I was like, that's fucking horrible. It is. Yeah. And then I was like, and she goes, she goes, it is, but that's how it be. And I was like, and I think, and, the, the, and yes, the, but it'd the, be the, great to change it. But the pearl clutching that you're seeing by everybody on the news, like, oh my God, a, a movie producer is being a sexual predator. It's like a fucking course. Look at him. The only reason he knows the touch of a woman is because he's a fucking movie producer. He's crass. I have a story about a Harvey Weinstein thing. I, I know Harvey too. I, I, I mean, I'm going to tell the story because people were asking me and I was going to try to put it ahead. in a way and I realized I can't. But I, well, no, see, I want to say one thing about Harvey. I'm not going to tell my story. I want you to tell your story. But I have to say about Harvey, he is the most obvious example of you look at that guy and you kind of know exactly yeah, you know his whole what shit. he yeah. does and, and who he is and, and how he does and it. And how he does it. And like... <laughs> The fact that people want to act so surprised by this. Uh, you know, Quentin so, Tarantino had a great, great response to everything. He goes, yeah, I knew. I'm sorry. Well, there's a couple, He was there's like, a, you fucking knew, The man. one that just came out, the, uh, the Levine, the conductor, I knew about this thing oh, 30, really? 30 years ago. Well, that's the I saw an opera when I was a little kid. If you guys want to listen... And he didn't molest me, I don't mean that. But somebody asked, when I told somebody else years later that I had sung... At the Met when I was like six or something in a, in a thing for Maida and you know the children's procession, mm-hmm. uh, he went, "Oh, did James Le- molest you?" And I went, "What?" James <laughs> Levine, man. And they, you know, he was like, "Oh, it's a well-known thing in 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 our realm." You know, right, taking that point so, up. Yeah, you were taking tell that point story. up. Being a father of children, if I heard some guy like that, Levine was doing some shit like that. James. He yeah, whatever his name is, right? Oh no, Levine's a friend of mine. Not, not, let's, <laughs> shit, let's not confuse this James point. Levine. I, James Levine, who's the Met conductor. You know, he'd be eaten out of a straw for like six weeks. I'd break his fucking jaw. Yeah. The thing is, my Harvey Weinstein story goes right to that. So I'm dating a, an actress. I'm at Bungalow 8. She comes over to the bank, and I'm sitting with an arch-criminal friend of ours. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy who I'm, who I'm sitting with is like the real deal arch-criminal New York underworld guy, right? So we're sitting there having a drink. This girl I'm dating comes over with Harvey. He sits down in the banquet first. We say hellos. Never met him before. I know who the fuck he is, though. And like you say, you look at him and you know what his fucking game is, too. You're just like, oh, this fucking guy. She sits down. She's kind of giving me like the whole, don't fucking be a jerk to this dude. He's a jerk, right? So mm-hmm. I, I kind of know that, right? Yeah. Something happens. You know, we do some chit-chat. She goes, oh, I got to go get up for a second. She, he gets, she gets up and he has her hand on her, on her back, right? As she gets up, the hand goes over her ass, right? My friend, the arch criminal, looks at me, puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, come on, man, come on. <laughs> like that, because like, he thinks I'm going to fucking kill this dude, right? And he leaves, right? And I say, Harv. And he goes, it's Harvey. I go, Harv. <laughs> you know, you touch your ass again, I'm going to break your fucking hand, right? And he just, he, he couldn't believe that someone called him up on his right. shit. 
he looked at me like, what the fuck? I was like, Harv, I'm not trying to be in the movie business. Right. I will fuck you up. And our arch criminal friend next to me goes, oh, yeah, Harv, he will. And Harv just went white, got up, walked out. Didn't see him for the rest. I never saw him again, frankly. I never ran into him ever again right. after that. But he fucking left. And you just think, I did that. Why couldn't anybody else's father or boyfriend or husband do that? Is it that fucking... Is he that important or threatening? Well, oh, no, well don't let's not forget, in that realm of this, in the higher realm of these people with lots of money, there's a lot of people who also will take the payoff to stay silent on issues and things well, like that. Well, he did that. pay off a bunch of people, because right? There's a, well, the, what's the guy from... Uh, not CNBC, the news guy, who, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah, he paid a lot of motherfuckers he off. He paid too, a lot right? of people off. It's well known. And apparently now one of them is about to try, is about to speak about stuff that she had signed a confidentiality agreement about. And her lawyers are saying because he's gone on to claim so many of these things aren't true, he's actually broken the confidentiality wow. agreement. And so now she's going to tell what's what. Oh, but the, the point of what I was saying really wasn't about that part of it. It just reminded me of that. But the point is some people take the payoff. I mean, you know, yeah. Michael Jackson, a lot of parents took this payoff. Yeah. You know, and, and this is nothing, my, this is nothing new. It's been that. going on yeah. forever. I mean, Becky's matter of fact about certain things like this, right? And as a woman, I, I know that she has a unique perspective on all this stuff, right? And she goes, you know, that's she goes, that's how that is. I mean, talking about the movie business, right? And I think in a lot of ways, dudes are bad with having power over over. People, okay, I know. Like I was, I, as a marine, it was a different story. The men who were in sh who my superiors were marines. They were men of character and grace and, and discipline. But you get into a crazy, undisciplined, ungraceful, ungraceful industry like the movie industry, well, a doggy dog world. Yeah, where you know, kill you your don't friends. have each other back. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, uh, whose head do I need to step on next? Yeah, whose dick do I need to fuck? Because that's the thing. Someone said, if you're gonna put, like I said, if you're gonna put Harvey Weinstein's dick in front of me to get an Oscar. Right. Fuck, his dick's gonna get dick sucked. Who's dick do I need to suck to get this Oscar? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I know that's one. That's like a really kind of weird way to look at it. But people who aren't in that business do not get it. They don't get what it takes to get into that business. But this anyway. went on with Joan Crawford, Mary oh, Pickford, yeah. Betty Davis. You know, every actress. But all time. this is why music sucks now. It's why music sucks when you when you kind of. I, I mean, look at the whole thing where you know anything that's has content regarding you know political anything right it's always it always can be leftist right which is you know understandable because it's it's popular to not like the president right mm -hmm. so that kind of stuff is really propagated by the the media right which is that's how shit is no one well, really likes nixon either popular to not like the man yeah yeah that's what i was talking about like have to be a the chairman of the board man. did a lot of right stuff but no one's really compelled to actually you know have a social commentary you know, it's it's more like a it's more like a pylon than a proposition. Because I always thought, like in the '60s and even in the '70s, you, well, you brought him up, Trump on audio, 100%. Everybody knows it's him. Says the word "pussy grabber" about how he and talks about I'm a celebrity and I can just grab a woman and kiss her. And then a month and a half later, we elected him. Mm -hmm. And you know, you got. I, mean, I think we've missed some guys already on this. So we talked about Harvey, and we've talked about Kevin, yeah, and we, we talked about... But we're missing... We're well, the missing Matt Lauer guy, he, Matt Lauer he, he was like Rose, this, people, right? a lot of people in England would be like, who the fuck's that? It's like the John... Phil Schofield. Right, you'll have to give a It's name like of. the dude who does this thing with Holly Willoughby, like the like uh, the morning shows right. in England, right? 
So it'd be like that guy just turned into a dude who like gives chicks dildos for fucking Christmas presents and go, hey, yo, yo, use the, 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 the you know, right. whatever. Now that's a guy with bad taste. Yeah, that guy isn't raping or molesting you. He's well, an I don't asshole. Know. I, I, but I don't know what he. And that's what I think. That's a microaggression. Like when a guy would do something like that. I don't know. No, but what, I've never. But back I've never... in our day. Like a dude acted like that, he would catch a fucking knock. Someone would slap. Sure, him in somebody, his especially mouth. yeah. No, but a chick would slap him in her fucking mouth. These 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 people who just kind of like are like oh, acting you, like. You ever hit hit somebody with a dildo? <laughs> that would hurt like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would hurt like hell. <laughs> I know. My, I was talking to my mom's a little about this because she was, you know, she was a single woman working in you know in a man's business in journalism yep. in the seventies and the eighties in New York City, man, and. I've you know I've seen her kind of like let people know what the fuck is up, right. and I always thought strong women like that would be around all the time. And I just see they're they're there, but they're they're quiet when it's convenient, you know. And now everybody's piling on this thing, the Me Too. And I think that's great, but then it seems like people aren't really paying attention to the content of each individual thing that's happening. Because right. you said there's so many things. Like the guy from the '70s show just got oh, did he? What? Danny Matheson just got. You know, fired from something on Netflix for being a, it's been a married rape. To, been married to Bijou for ages. It's, it's a rape and, allegation. And, and you know, B- it's like, well, and Bijou used to molest guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> they probably deserve each other, but apparently, and I he, loved her, and nobody, you know, nobody complains on that side. Well, that's the thing too. Like you see those with like horrible bosses with like Jennifer Aniston, yeah. like sexing up. But you know, it's. It, I always said that that's because for since the history of of man and woman, man has been kind of messing with woman because of the the power. You know, differential. I've mostly most of the jobs I've ever had, I've had women bosses. Oh, I I, and, I work and, with women all the time. I, 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 I choose to work with women right, all exactly. the time. I, I I have more problems with men too. Yeah. But I got to say, you know, in my entire life, I've never whipped my dick out in front of anybody unless they asked me to, and they were a woman <laughs> who I was involved with. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you I, know, like, I, but I've I'm never been not. the frat guy to sit there and do that stuff with the dudes. We, like, we were talking yesterday when we were at that store, and I was like, we we have one friend. That we know, and this is out of about twenty guys that are our crew, right? right? One guy who I know takes his dick out, right? And it never fucking worked, and it worked on this one chick who the girl fast knew from back in the day, right? From high school or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, and, it didn't work on her. She told him off. I thought. No, but then she kind of was like, uh, "I know you know what." She told him off. Yeah. But she's also known as a, the blowjob blow queen. But that's queen, that, yeah. that. But you know, <laughs> I mean. And and hit, and and not only does she know him like that, I think she actually introduced herself to me that way, or she said maybe you've heard of me. Oh really? Wow. I think so. It's fucking weird, man. So I would be eligible to put up a Me Too hashtag because that was a microaggression against my sensitive sensibilities. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I, I, okay, so you you look. I'm not at trying the, to make light of any of this. That's not what that means. Either. No, but I'm looking. I'm looking at the dude that we know that does shit like that. I, I, it's just like some dudes are fucking weird like that. Right, man. but we never threw him beating for doing it either. So are we also culpable that we let him get away with this. No, because yeah, I mean, I, I, you know what? I'm not responsible for how people act i am responsible for how i act right and if you hold yourself in a certain regard then when you hang out and interact with other human beings you hold them in a similar regard as yourself right so you know what you might be capable of and therefore you look at that as a you know an empathic thing for the other person as far as their depth of character and feeling and stuff so you be it's like do unto others right i think a lot of times people treat other people like shit because they feel that they aren't worth enough stuff you know what i'm saying right. and their yeah. lack of character or you know 
you know, well, integrity is they just mirror that onto people and they assume because they're capable of such low shit than you are as well. And I choose to look at it the other way around. You know, I know people are fucking scumbags a lot of times, but they're they're completely amazing at other times, you know? Sure. Nobody is any one type of character, generally mm. speaking. Um, you know, and it changes, can fluctuate within an hour of what type of person people are. And I, I you know, like me, it's about six and a half minutes, man. You know, like you said about Martin Luther King, I've always liked that quote too. And I try to, I've always said, nobody ever has to earn my respect. I give respect immediately to anybody oh, yeah, I meet yeah. because you're you have a human to lose being, my respect, but that's, you can lose my respect yeah. and you can lose it quickly too. Like that's your, but that's I don't your hold choice. on to the respect for you like a dear thing, but, but that's was, your choice, not my yeah, choice. I was taught that when I was a very young man that, you know, you can lose my respect. You can't gain it. And well, you can gain more of it, yeah, but, yeah, I'm giving, but I'm giving you respect immediately because you're, you're a fellow human being here on this planet and we're all just trying to make our way and nobody knows the right way to make their way yeah. and everybody has insecurities and some people are ruled by their insecurities and they let them manifest in these awful ways where like they feel the need to show somebody they're superior for, to them and whether they're bullying fifth grade and telling some other kid they're short, they're fat, they're tall, they're a string yeah. bean, whatever... And a lot of those people who were teased are the most famous models, yeah, actors, yeah. writers, and other well, people, and comedians. Bad in the world. times create great people, all right. And that's just the way the human being is. It's extremely adaptable, and out of horrible things come great things. And that's just how the human spirit is, right? Pressure now, makes diamonds. Exactly. That's exactly the point. And I think as we, you know, I I think that the reason this this sexual it also Almost, makes ulcers. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> I think the way why the sexual tension things happening in society right now is, is really based on the fact that roles aren't defined anymore. So no one really knows what the right thing to do is or the wrong thing to do. So this is a lot of gray area, and on either side of the gray area is you know jail time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So well, I you, know, we, you and I were talking yesterday, and I said like I've never in my life been a make the first move guy. You want a Reese's peanut butter cup? No, I'm good. I mm. knew you were gonna eat them both anyway. You can. These are good, bro. Yeah, do it. Just pause, pause for the advertisement. <laughs> yeah, but this this five seconds of him talking mm, while he's no, chewing on no. something is brought to you by Reese's peanut butter cups. Two great tastes <laughs> that taste great together. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. We'll be back after a message from our sponsor. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh, where was we? So there's a video of Dom talking about Kevin? No, it's, it's like he wrote an open letter and put it on Instagram or Facebook yeah. or something like that. No, dude, I want to remember that that shit that happened in England that Jimmy Savile guy. Well, that's another Oh, that was what I was saying. I was saying yesterday you and I were talking and I was saying I was never a make the first move guy. Yeah. And you know, like so I don't worry about that somebody's going to come out of blue and say something about me because I've never made the first move. Yeah. But, you know, in that line Nope, forgot it again. So, Jimmy Savile. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, and, you know, without getting too far into that, because I don't know a lot about it, but frankly, from what I've understood is that this guy was facilitated and by blind eyes and people normalizing seemingly just eccentric behavior, but turning into really horrible behavior when you look at it in the context that you know of it is. And I think that's what people are kind of mistaking. For for an outsider, you take one look at the picture of this guy. When because I, I remember it came up in the news, I go, "That guy looks like a fucking chest of the molester." And my wife was like, "Yo, that dude was like in everybody's home. He was like looking after like sick kids with this show that he." They gave him the keys to the hospital. Yeah, and he. Th- but the thing is, like behavior like that, we're like, oh, I just I visit the kids in the hospital, so it would be cool if I had a key. And no, I'll come and, at night, so there's a celebrity and nobody. And charity done without people knowing is the greatest charity. Exactly, and <laughs> people taking that and not understanding that innocuous little thing turns into a big thing. I think a lot of that's what's happening now, where people are like, oh, you know, like Matt Lauer just sent me a dildo, but he's just a dildo. And you let that go, and then he gets emboldened going, I could send bitches dildos? Is that what he did? Yeah, or some shit. Had, like, oh. he had, I, I didn't even know what he did. I can't I mean, keep but, up with no, these No, this things. is something I heard he did, like he was giving someone a dildo for a Christmas present. So if you let someone take that little bit, of that step, that one little step, which is the... Like you said, the first move. I was sent a stripper gram for a, my birthday you, when I worked at a travel agency. You and do the travel, hashtag me too then, And that travel agency was headed by a woman. And they set up... No, this is great. I'm, I'm a travel agent at the time. And they told the woman to come in and start complaining that I'd fucked up her trip and not booked something. And she was had this week off and it was the only week she had off and I'd ruined it. She'd shown up at the boat. She couldn't get on because I sold cruises. And I'm freaking out. And then all of a sudden, like, somebody puts on some music and she starts dancing. And I'm so relieved I'm not even paying attention to her. You just thought you just got fired or something. <laughs> right. Show. I'm like, oh, my God, I've ruined this woman's vacation. I'm young. I'm really young at the time. I'm 20, I think it was my 22nd birthday. Oh, man. And I was just like, I, I was like, you can stop. She's like, what? I'm like, as long as I didn't ruin your trip, I'm good. This is great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, dude. So... For, what's up with travel agents? You don't, they don't exist, they don't exist anymore? anymore. No. Well, I mean, they do somewhat, and obviously, you know, if you have one that you helps you out, it's great. I do it once works with the band. They're lovely. Lisa's they they do a lot. They obviously still exist a lot for businesses. It's just... Yeah, uh, the appointment group they're called, if anybody's looking for them. Great bunch of people. Oh, it's just a whole sponsored by uh, Reese's no, and, and, yeah, and... If someone says, yo, I, I wonder what travel agent Huey uses, the appointment group, they're great. You know, just saying. But it's true. He's just in the middle of them thinking about all this sexual stuff. So when I went to college, 
was sort of when they first came out with the term date rape. And a lot of it involved college-aged guys and women who got drunk and didn't necessarily say no, but didn't was say it yes. Was the Quaalude thing? No, this is just drinking, really. But oh. at one point, when I first got to college... It was they, roofies were later, right? <laughs> roofies? Yeah, but, roofies yeah, were roofies later. Were later roofies like... were like in the 80s. But they had these things called the Antioch Rules. Did you ever hear about the Antioch Rules? Antioch was a college up in upstate yeah, yeah, New York yeah. or something like that. So the Antioch Rules were that the man was supposed to ask a question before every single move he made on a woman that he may end up making love to, to be polite. So in other words, may I put my hand on your breast? Can I reach my hand up under your shirt? Is it okay if I tweak your nipple? Is it okay if I put my hand down your... Th and so you're making out and supposed to stop every 12 seconds and ask these questions. And those were the Antioch rules. And I was like, who's going to do this? Does anybody really understand? I mean, do, do, do human beings in their everyday worlds think that that is actually how life is lived. It's weird. We have this kind of like public front that like that someone will actually do that and it'll be hot and sexy. It'd be like, that's like the worst thing a dude could do. If he has to ask, that means he, he's... Oh, even in, even in my... If even if, even if I ask, went and did it like Barry White. Like, yeah, hey, no, just if a dude has to right ask, then he shouldn't even be there. Yeah, he shouldn't even be there, man. <laughs> it still doesn't sound good. We should be back at the soda fountain with Archie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. They were getting it on back then, nerd. too. <laughs> no, I know, but they weren't nerds about it. And it's kind of weird, because you see a lot of these young kids, right? And, you know, they're a lot opposite of the previous generation, so they're... They're not, they're not taking the drugs the previous generation did, so they're taking these, like, you know, that codeine Serza kind of stuff, and they're they're doing Molly, but it's not ecstasy. It's, like, a little bit more of a, a speedy kind of thing. It just seems like all the drugs are just leaving them with these really bad highs, and they're just coming out of, like, what well, we'd take acid and be like, well, this shit is amazing, or mushrooms be like, the world is great. First you know? of all, their parents have put them on drugs from a very early age. It's true, man. It's you true. know. With the Adderalls and the other things, and the, you know, yeah. oh, your kids on the spectrum, you know. I mean, some kids are just stupid. Some kids are just socially fucking awkward. Neither they go out of it or I they was, don't. I was told to get on that kind of like a like a Prozac kind of thing. Oh, they wanted to give my mother something to yeah. give to me. When I got, well, like, well, when I got drugs. You know, no, I meant when I was a kid. Oh, really? And they didn't have the Marines. They were like, there's like a lot of behavioral stuff you could take to, you know, kind of like level that out. And I always thought that, you know, you. I don't know, maybe it's just because of the life I've led, but I never thought that I should have a really cozy, safe feeling all the time about life. That's not what life is about. Life is to be... Sounds pretty boring. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? That's kind of what sleep's about, but the awake but, time should be a little... Uh, but, you know, everything's just a little no bit more cozy. No matter what the adventure is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, because you look at like TV shows. I was watching a movie with my kid. One of my favorite movies, Wally, right? And all the humans on this fucking spaceship and they all fucking have evolved into just fatties that can't even stand up on their own because their bones have lost all this mass and they're just, you know. Right. I'm like, yeah, that, that's probably how it goes out, man. Cause, or that, or the fucking robots kill us, man. Did you, I showed you that video, right? Was the that fucking no robot? joke? Yeah. Holy fuck, man. <laughs> Elon Musk is going to be the fucking head of the resistance to the robots, man. When they start killing us, that's crazy. That scared the fuck out of me, man. Because if, if just the way it moved as a, as like a fighting man, as a Marine, I did, I, I was like, all right, that. Oh, it's, it's really is RoboCop. No, it, no, just as like, I saw that as a threat. 
You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like some kind of clunky robot like Danger Will Robinson, you know, fucking, <laughs> or it's C-3PO, he just push him over. I mean, his thing was well, coming. That, that show it was had, bringing it, bro. That show had a child molester as one of his main characters, clearly. What's that? <laughs> Dr. Smith. Dr. Dear boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, dear boy. Will, come over here in the cave with me. Warning, Will Robinson. Warning, Warning Will Robinson. Robinson. Don't touch his Van Dyke. And also Floyd the Barber on uh, the Deep Griffith show. Oh, yeah, Floyd, <laughs> He was a little... Yeah. Was, oh, Opie, Opie, why don't you come and let me cut your hair? <laughs> Opie. Let's oil you down, I mean your hair. <laughs> you know, we used to feature these people. <laughs> but, you know, I always, I always kind of was under the impression that there was always going to be fucked up shit going on right at some point or another and i had no expectation that society's job was to stop all the fucked up shit happening i thought society's job was to facilitate human greatness right that fucked up shit i figured was always going to happen I'm not but, but you also brought up a point where you said something about your mother your mother stood up for herself when any of this shit happened and yeah. all the guys around her knew not to fuck around around her but i didn't want to make the point that i think that these women are weak for not standing up for themselves because some they're very intimidated a lot of them you know it's all but like, i but i but there Yes, yes and no. I'm not, once again, don't want to blame victims, but I know that my sisters are also very strong women. I know they've also had the situations, and I know they've also told the guys where they can go during the situations, yeah, yeah. and that's been the end of the situation. Also, my sisters are 5'10 and 6 feet tall, you know, so. Yeah, well, if you look, my mom's 5'2. Your, my, so. your mom is 5'2, and my grandmother was about 5'2, and nobody said anything to her that was ever yeah. out of place, and but, if they did, they knew. But what my mom did say to me, she goes, in, she goes back in my day, but let's like be the 60s and the 70s and probably even in the 80s was that if some shit did happen to a woman a lot of times if the cops didn't think they could make something stick hard yeah they just tell the woman to go home and that's fucked up right. and, that, well, and that's, that why, does, that's why it became a very underreported yeah. thing and you know so oh wake up everybody this is happening everywhere yeah, that it needed, is happening that, everywhere that, i agree that with all to that happen. yeah that needed to happen but it's just like the skinny jean on the boys you know with the with the mankles thing it went really hard. The, the pendulum flew. Like, all these dudes are wearing those really weird-looking oh, jeggings. The pansexual, yeah. sexual fluidity generation. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but it's just like that. That's what's going to happen with a lot of this, this harassment idea. People are going to start realizing what actual harassment is, and they're going to start asking more questions about behavior rather than saying something's uh, like an epidemic because things aren't really epidemic in, this, in the definition of the term. Until there's no hope, I always thought. You right. Know? Well, and unfortunately, these things are also taught and learned. Well, yeah. Just, no, yeah. No, most most child are not. Most male children are not born with this yeah. idea that you know women or girls are somewhat inferior to them. That's taught. <laughs> well, no. As a dad, I know a dad of a. You I, have a I boy, have a boy and a girl. I have a boy <laughs> and a girl, but with my my boy, my job is to build. A, a good man, right? A good man with, and like you, we, you said, you know, your kid's got this great heart. And it's like, yeah. And my whole job is to protect that great heart because that great heart will do great things. You know, if you if you smash some kid back when he's young and you kill his hope and you criticize the fuck out of him, like you were saying, you can use terms and and you could not actually be abusive. You could just be distant and non communicative and unhelpful when kids tr trying to solve problems. Then that child's going to grow up and be an asshole. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't know how to judge what someone who loves them is, treats them like. So there's always like a, a lot of question marks. So my job is to kind of try to make him a good dude, like a real positive dude. 
What's your job with her, though? Isn't it the same thing? To make, well, I mean, your job isn't to make him a good man. Your job is to make him a good person. Yeah. I, I know. Allow him to just be the good person that he is. When you start... Uh, Not make him man. Because you know, uh, the thing is, all, you know, human beings, you know, in general, are good, man. We wouldn't have lasted as long as we have, man. We have a... a there is a good thing there. And I think what we've lost sight of is that good thing. There's so many layers of stuff that we have to look, get through down into before we have that moment like in that, that movie with uh, Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. You know, they went to the, the moon and they, well, they went to that asteroid and blew an asteroid up or something. <laughs> that and movie? The whole, and the whole world got saved and they all showed the different parts of the world. Armageddon? <laughs> yeah, they were trying, like, you know, the Chinese people in China, like, yeah, and then, like, you know, people in Russia with the Russian flag, like, yeah, and the, well, and the people in Arabia. Singing the song. Yeah. <laughs> when you see those moments, you're like, oh, that's what human beings are. And you know that. You feel that little moment. That's why they have them in movies, because it's a common thing that we go, we're humans. Sure, when a big tragedy hits, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's September 11th or everything like that, you you see people yeah. rally and come together, yeah. and 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 that there are there are good people of all make and model and all shape and size oh, yeah. and all persuasion or whatever else you want to call it. And you and, know, but as New Yorkers, we know this. Yeah, well, as New Yorkers, we're on top of each other, so we better yeah. all figure out something to mm -hmm. you know, especially Manhattanites. We really are just on top of each other, so. To me, I always thought I was immune to this stuff, and it, you know, it didn't really happen in my bubble here in New York, but it, it does, mm -hmm. and now more so than ever, and it's not that I'm suddenly more aware of it. I've always been aware of these things. I've been in the world. I'm yeah, aware right. of things. It's cause and effect. Like, I talked to you about it before a little bit. I stopped talking because we were trying not to talk about it, but it, it does say, like, the, the generation that's, uh, that's pretty much giving us the likes of, you know, the people we were talking about, uh, Charlie Rose and, and Harvey Weinstein and... Uh, oh, James Toback is another one who I yeah, actually... He was a film director who I actually did a film with as well. Really? You knew James yeah, Toback? Yeah, I was in Black and White. The first time oh, I wow. met him, I go he in did for, that? He did that. Wow. I go yeah. in for an audition and... Like, Turn around and touch your toes. No, no, no. <laughs> I sit down, he goes, hey... And he begins to tell me a filthy story about something that happened to him when he was 16 with, like, either Marlena Dick, some old movie star made him lick her vagina My God. <laughs> backstage at something. He went, he, went to write a rep he went to write a news article on something. And he tells me this whole story. I, I can't remember which the old star was. It's not really that important. But, wow. like, this is the first five minutes of the, of the guy sitting down. And I, he finishes the story. And I go, hi, I'm King. Because <laughs> we hadn't even done that part yet. And he's like, uh, okay, so it's a club thing. And I was like, you have lunch? You want me to read or anything? He's like, no, you got the part. Show up. Uh, the, the lady will tell you when to show up. And that was it. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he was, you know, he had a bunch of young women on the, on the set. Because it was, a, you know, parts of it were in the nightclub. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I was involved in. It was Leo DiCaprio, <laughs> right? Uh, no, it was Jared Leto oh, yeah, and right, yeah. um, Robert Downey Jr. That's right. I don't know what Leo was in. He was in some black and... He no. might have been in it, but I don't think so. I know the movie you're thinking of, though. But uh, You're right, it was Jared. But, uh, well, no, I was in it. <laughs> I, I got cut out of it, like I do with most of my movie roles. You still get the credit <laughs> I, and the cash, I get so... The, I get the money. <laughs> it's all that really matters. I only play myself in the movies that I get cut out of, so I'm either a really terrible actor or I just can't play myself. Like, I, I, I just want to kind of, like, come around on this, just so we kind of can move on, maybe... But when it comes down to, like, a lot of this man-on-woman stuff, because essentially that's what it is, right? Yeah. Like, as far as, like, dudes go, like, I'm talking about just, I'm talking about you, me, like, the real menches out there, right? When we see bullshit like this happening, we smoke-check motherfuckers, right? 
I think it's more, I'm not saying we're not doing it enough, but maybe we should be a little bit more vigilant when we see our brothers acting like this to be like, yo, you know what? You could catch a slap for that. And I think just that alone would make dudes just check themselves a little bit. And well, See, I know in the past I've said something, and I'm even, as we're talking in my head, I'm debating whether what I used to say to people was even enough. Because I remember saying to many a guy who I would see, let's say, at a bar or club or something like that, I would say to them, I don't care what you do. Don't let me see you be that way. Don't yeah. do that in mm. front of me. And is that enough or is that not? I mean, I said yeah. something. I stepped to them. I said something. You know, uh, uh, whether, do you feel like it was enough? I mean, at I, the I, moment I felt like it was, but now I'm thinking like, but it, I, I think is it all my responsibility? I think you're right. I think well, all of us men need that, to, to that's check. Exactly. I think all of us. We all know. We all have yeah. a couple of friends mm -hmm. who maybe we even have to stop being friends with because that's the kind of guys they are. Well, no, there there have been guys that, and that we hung awesome. with. Yeah, there there no, were some guys that we hung two, with. There's that, at least one I can think of that I didn't yeah. like the way he used to even approach women. But like I said, you know, like every once in a while the woman would go with him. So I'm. So am I, you know, what, where am I, I'm wrong yeah. at that moment. Well, no, it is one of those things where I think it, it is correct because you never have the conversation where it begins with us men. It seems a lot of like man's behavior, especially in this subject, right, is being regulated not by the other men in society, but by, you know, women that are, uh, that have been victimized, right? And that's, that's definitely what's going on. And that's good. The need to be known that these guys are bad dudes but there should be something within us men that would self-regulate you know what i'm saying i mean I've, I've i've seen some shit and there's only so much you can do you want to knock a dude out for hitting his girl yeah i that's fine with me <laughs> you know what i'm saying if i, I mean saw I, some my, dude i'm a big guy girl, and yeah, my dad yeah. told me when i was a kid you could be a bully or you can be a bully beater choose the right one and i remember yeah. my whole thing was like i was never a bully to anybody but if I watch somebody else, you know, like I watched a guy once push this girl who had some special needs down the stairs. I waited 10 minutes, found him up at the top of the stairwell and pushed him down them damn stairs. Oh. Yeah. You know, and then the, the, the deans came and got me, brought me into their office. They closed the door and I said, thank you. <laughs> and they said, you can go now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and shit like that. You know, people taking shit into their own hands and self regulating And I think, and I'm not suggesting people get violent. <laughs> I'm trying not. Well, we you kind of are actually, but no. no I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying to. like you know, like when I, I remember there's that famous story that when if, like in boot camp I heard about it. it. Never happened in my platoon, but if someone's slacking and the DI makes a makes an example out What's of him. What's a DI? Drill instructor. Oh, okay. So the drill instructor makes a, like an example out of him, so he could stand there and everybody else does push-ups while he just stands there because he was the idiot for whatever situation happens. Sometimes if that happens over and over and over again, that guy the rest of the beating. platoon, right. they they give them an attitude adjustment. In the night, they you know do. I think they did it in uh, few good men. They pillow. No, sack. they did. I oh, think they but did. Then it they in, kill uh, that guy. So that's full metal jacket. Be... Full metal jacket. Yes. So they pull. The, they give them a, a sock party or a pajama yeah. party, whatever they fucking call it now. And that was done. And you saw what happened with Gomer Pyle. He turned into a fantastic person, but he had a movie. But. That's kind of that kind of situation. Maybe an extreme example of it, but that's called self-regulating for the common good. All right, and that's what I think doesn't happen because every dude's in it for themselves. They, they, then there's no sense of communion as far as men go. I mean, I was raised by a woman, right, and I think that perspective has given me a lot of perspective when I go in. And you, you, you had a strong yeah, woman in yeah. your life as well, and you were shown, you know, you were told to respect, told. My father traveled 80% yeah. of the year for his business, and I was raised by my mother, my grandmother, and, yeah. See, you know, I think also, two like, sisters. When people say, <laughs> I was outnumbered. Yeah, when you're told to do something and not asked to do something, 
is a big difference. If you ask, if you're asked to give someone respect, that that leaves the burden on you. If you're told to give someone respect, and I think it comes down to that. That's where you know, that's where our parents are there. I was told to respect people. I wasn't asked to. Right. Well, so I, another weird story that just came to my head. My second major job after the travel agency, I was working at a real estate development place, and I used to have to go visit the job sites. And I used to have to tell the guys certain things, you know. And I, I would do it, and I would realize they were missing half of what I was saying to them. And then I suddenly realized, oh, they're missing half of what I'm saying to them because every time a pretty woman walks by, they all turn their head and stop paying attention to everything I say. So now I had to pay attention to when these women walked by, and I would just stop what I was saying, wait till they passed. I, I personally didn't pay attention because... I can't imagine a woman would come over and be like, oh, I noticed you turned your head and stared at my ass for a while. Hey, you seem like a likely suitor. Why don't we go out sometime? But I had yeah. to learn to gauge my conversation because I wasn't that type of guy, the, the construction worker. And it, and it was so accepted by all of them. Like, you know, it was almost if you didn't turn your head and look, they were going to ostracize you as being something else. <laughs> yeah, God forbid you weren't just completely hormoned out and you had to stop conversations because a woman walked by. I always thought that was dumb anyway. I mean, it's well, like, like wolf whistling. You know, that's what I'm saying. Wolf you know whistling. All that. What kind of woman's going to come over to the car if you're sitting there wolf whistling out there? Hey, you got a great head. But also check oh, this hi, out. Oh, hi. How are you? <laughs> Do you I, was, I don't want to meet that woman. Since I was a young man, anything that came within 15 feet of me, I had already seen. <laughs> True. You know what I'm saying? Be that a pretty woman or a dude with an attitude. I see things, you know, that's just how it is. It's yeah. city, we, Well, we played, yeah, we play chess. You got to yeah. be three, four moves ahead yeah, or, you, or you're behind. And that's the thing I think, if I could leave a good, like, fortune cookie for people, just play chess, man. You know, just because everybody else is playing checkers doesn't mean you have to. You know, play chess. You know, do that extra. Because, you know, life's better when people do the extra. So who are the other dudes that are doing all the sexual harassment stuff? Was it Charlie Rose? Well, his was, one was that people would come to his apartment to do work with him, and he would hang out in his apartment in a bathrobe, and apparently quite often the bathrobe would come open. If just because there was a woman in the room with them, right? She, they're usually women, right? It's not, he didn't yeah. have a wrinkly old ball. And sack it became like him. a thing, I guess, known that you know, if you went over to Charlie's house, you were going to see, you were going to have <laughs> that version of a lemon party. Don't look it up. Oof. <laughs> Don't Google that. Wow, <laughs> you know the gunner right now. Do not Google lemon party, man. So the thing is, and I've noticed, like, due process in the United States, if people don't know, is right, innocent until yeah. proven guilty, right? But in a lot of these cases, when it's not criminal, there's no reason to hold back. And people just, you know, assume the worst. And because they can, because they could say, you're a fucking horrible scumbag, sex predator, pest, right. like weirdo, Chester the molester type, right? And then that that goes away. And that's the thing, that there's like a half-life to this. And, and because there's such frequency of these cases... I really would have to check and see how many of these, like Russell Simmons, a lot of these dudes, they get to a certain age and a certain amount of money, and they realize that they're they're kind of like not what 25-year-old girls want anymore. Right. And that fucks them up, you know, and they go, oh, okay, I'm going to try to get in amazing shape. So he does a lot of yoga and all this shit, right? But he's a 60-year-old guy. Well, the the whole thing was he was showing off the the prayer beads he had on. He was like, the Dalai Lama gave me these personally. Drop that name, Quabham. Yeah, and then he said that he'd sign some act into law because Bloomberg or somebody let him sign it. And I'm like, well, you, doesn't matter. You're not <laughs> your signature means nothing wow. on that piece of paper. But well, I'm just sitting there listening to this nonsense, going, ah. But it's like a, <laughs> it's like a bitterness that these guys acquire at this age, especially like a lot of these really super wealthy dudes. 
they realize that despite all the, the the work they've done to become rich and and famous and attractive, whatever, a certain demographic of women would never really find them attractive anymore, and then they get mean. Well, even opening lines to girls, it was like, what do you need an opening line? You go up, you say hi, my name's King. You know, and if they talk back to you, you talk for a moment, maybe, you know, it either, you know, it goes yeah, the next step or you walk either. away. I, ne I never was like, hey, what's your name? I'd, I'd say hi, my name is whatever. Right. You just start talking to somebody. But I was raised by a woman, so I wasn't didn't have that weird barrier. But I think a lot of people who weren't confident enough to just to talk to people openly, that definitely played on, the, on their character. Well, there's that whole pitching the neg thing, like uh, if you learn to have the art of picking up women and like you're supposed to go up to them and give them like something like... You know, normally I don't like greasy hair, but on you it looks really good or something like that, where you're throwing a negative at them with mm. a positive reinforcement and it does something to their mind and they immediately fall in love with you. Really? <laughs> Fine. I can't imagine really, no. We should but go out in the street and see if this works, man. I'll, I'll take my phone and I'll video we'll, King. We'll try and find some greasy-haired women. Hey, you look really good for a crackhead. Or is it like for a crackhead, you look really good. That's what it is, right? It's not like you look really good for a crackhead. It's like for a crackhead. <laughs> I think crackhead might be too neg. <laughs> All, right. All right. You're doing you're doing macro aggressions. We're talking microaggressions. I had a friend of mine told me this story. He was out in L.A. and uh, he was he was he said he had a couple of amber liquors, right? Mm -hmm. And you know who this dude is too. He was in a, in a you know that guy. Yeah. So he's out there and he's like, I got a couple in me, yo, you know, and it's no good to be out at the club when you're our age. And we were talking about the Duke, Duke of Dacron. Right. It's the thing, it's like, if you're a single, or if you're a dude who acts like he's single, because all these dudes are, like, married. My priorities are very different, obviously, from these guys. I don't know if it's a money thing. Is it, like, the $10 million rule that once you get to a certain point? I think you either are or aren't these people. I, I, you know, like, I've never been a cheater. I've always yeah. been a serial monogamist. I'm not a married guy. I'm not... I can attest to the know. serial monogamy thing. That's uh, for sure. My dad's never cheated on my mother. They're still married. They hate each other. They fight every day. But they, they, don't, they don't go anywhere else. Mm. I think either you are that way or you aren't that way, unfortunately. Yeah, we could have... You know, but I, think, but I think a lot of it is, uh, in this case, it's that, you know, men get taught they're supposed to act certain ways. And somehow this idea of being like, you know, grabbing a girl's ass or being like a wolf whistler has mutated into being what a man should be. Yeah, yeah, that's really... You know, yeah. as opposed to... The old black and white films, which I love, which a gentleman tips his hat to a lady yeah, stand and, up, and well, speaks respect, stands up when she enters or leaves, no. and and opens a door and speaks respectfully to her. But you, th I think you 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 share the same idea as I do. When I think, when I say this, I say, consent from a woman is super awesome, sexy. That's what you want. You don't want someone to be like acquiescing being like all right yeah sure you can fucking kiss me and grab my tit or whatever these no weirdos want like to i do. said i don't make the first move but i'll make the next 47 moves oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i just i just need to know that we're on board here and this is you know it's go yeah, yeah. and then i'm like okay it's go yeah. you know here we go but that's something but as as i guess from an early age that's what we look for as guys right some other guys look for different signs just like someone happens to not run away <laughs> you know <laughs> Or, or is, is locked in your 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 trailer, or but you know what I'm saying it, it's it's or is drunk and passed out in the corner of a, of a bar. But, I, but dude, I think I think us guys gotta gotta look out for those scumbag guys that are in the mix and just weed them out, man. 
I mean, I've certainly gone up to gar- girls at bars and been like, you should cover your drink better. I was washing it for you. And then I feel like I might sound like the fucking creep. I know, dude. I, know, I, I have but a I'd rather do no, that than not do I have a daughter, and like, I, there were these two girls in a parking lot in a, like in, in, in a grocery store parking lot, right? And they were like trying to you know open up a bottle of liquor in between two cars. I was like, come on, come on. And, and they were like, well, and they looked at me like I was like, I felt like I was like, oh shit, I shouldn't have. Because when I was like, they're going to get caught. I was like, you guys are going to get caught too. And they're like, what's it to you? I was like, you know what? What is it to me? I was just thinking if that was my kid, I'd be like, you don't want to do that there. You know, right. you, whatever you're going to do, just be a little bit smart about what you do. And go, to, go to the bathroom together. <laughs> but social responsibility <laughs> is something I think is, is what I think I mean when I say the guys have to talk to the other guys. You have to hope that society, you have to be part of it. You have to really want to be a part of it. You want to actually help it be better. Social responsibility. But, you know, with Harvey Weinstein, so let's say everybody knew, right? No, everybody did and know. All I mean, the people in his company certainly know, you mm-hmm. know. And so Seth MacFarlane is, is obviously, he's like the oracle now, Seth MacFarlane. Dude. And everyone's complacent, right? You know, mm-hmm. so everybody played along and went along with it. So that justifies it. It makes it okay. So every time he upped it, nobody said everything. It made it okay. It's little tiny steps. They're allowed and to make so, that first one, though, you like know, the first move, you know. As women... Uh, for women, I do think they have to stop them immediately. Yeah. Well, you I know? think this will help the the fact that it's now out in the open, and for 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 a lot of the men, they're on notice. You know, they know that they have to watch their p's and q's. And I think that'll help the situation in general. So I'm cool with a lot of this kind of overboard kind of me too's as you were saying i don't know yeah. what that is what's what, so so um, i think i understand like uh, that happened to me too I right think yeah right. And, and it can mean anything like it's it's women unifying which is great yeah. um but it's unifying over the idea that like okay you know it's, i my boss made a lot of inappropriate advances to me or something like that as well as like you know i was raped mm. and to me just lumping it all in is one thing isn't a great way to pursue it either because a lot of people, you know, it's a lot of people are bandwagon jumping and it sounds weird to say this, but I'll explain this in the weirdest of way. So after this hashtag became really big, I'm, I'm writing a, I told you about this, I'm writing a musical, bluesical, blopera called Bums and it's about bums in New York City and their vignettes and stuff and I happen to pay a lot of attention to the homeless now when I walk by them just to, for inspirational ideas and, and also just to see, because they're very different and they got their different ways and that's what intrigues me about them. Yeah. But I noticed on Union Square when I was walking around right after this that there were three different women, homeless, bums, whatever they might have been. They all had cardboard signs and each one of their cardboard signs was referencing like uh, was in an unsafe relationship, but I'm safe now, but I have no money. And they were all referencing this issue in different ways. And I was like, oh, this is like, it's their marketing. And, you know, people go, oh, you're seeing into things. Believe me, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm friends with some of the bums. It's just why it's what, what inspired me to write some of this stuff I'm trying to write. Is it Mike and the Bum? Mike the Bum. And the guy is so smart and so clever. What, what's Mike the Bum's story? Well, that's part of the thing. I, I, don't, I still, to this day, don't know. But part of what I'm writing about is the idea of wanting to find that out. You know, and, you know, how do you get there when you're, you know, I, I, he, I worked at the clubs. He worked outside the clubs. One day, Ron Delsner drives up in the Cadillac, and he tells me, oh, that's Ron Delsner. I go, how the heck do you know that's Ron Delsner? Like, like, I don't even know. Hilarious. I mean, I know what his name is. is I, I, Ron? I don't know, but I wouldn't know what he looked like. And, and I was like, you sure? He goes, yeah, watch this. And he goes over to the car, and he goes, 
Ron, it's Mike, and you know he, he mumbles his last name so I can't hear it. Yeah. Ron Delsner hugs him. He comes back. Mike comes back to me, and he's he lets go one of his little things. He's like, "Yeah, I used to date his daughter back when I used to work in the, oh, in, the in the music business." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> he's like, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> yeah, I remember the the couple times I'd hang with you on well, a couple times, all the times I've hung with you on, especially when you worked. Was the place on Thirteenth? Used to be the Pussycat uh, Spa. Yeah, they used to be the Pussycat Lounge, right? Yes. Was it the Pussycat or uh, Kit Kat? Kit Kat Club, right? Well, I think Pussycat's weird, but anyway, yeah, that club he used to hang out there all the time, yeah. right? And he was cool. I mean, I'd hang out there with him. We'd smoke cigarettes and bullshit, and he'd be there hanging out. But when famous people would come, he'd know them and stuff. Yeah, right? Russell Simmons used to give him Adidas. Wow. He used to eat at Cipriani's once a week. <sighs> well, I mean, you said also he wasn't homeless. He was just a bum. Right. That was his his big thing. He would get mad at somebody when they would call him homeless. He'd be, he'd say, I'm not homeless. I'm a bum. And he yeah. had a room that he kept all the time. And he had needed, what, I think it was like $17 a day or something to keep it. Because with him, I didn't, he and I had a deal. I was like, you can work my clubs. Just don't bother me for money. Mm. And every once in a while, he'd be like, you know, uh, I need 12, two more dollars to make the room. Can you help me out? I really want to go home. It's cold. Okay, here, go. And then, like, the next night he'd show up with a big fat knot of money but never offered me back my $2. Well, yeah, well he was a, a bum. bum. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. bums don't give refunds, man. But he was, you know, I think every girl I knew in my high school at some point in time was flashed on the train. Well, it, you yeah. know, so the fact that we have these cameras and this media, people are reporting these things that, you know, mm -hmm. that... I think that's a good... I mean, I think that's a good thing, but... The, We're flashing oh, girls on trains? No, it's no, I'm talking about, like, just this technology thing, but... You know, it, it is a really interesting time to be alive because the human beings all around the world are now all talking to each other. So when you see things that developed uh, parochially around the world, right, and let's say hip-hop in New York or, you know, the Beatles in Liverpool, all these right, kind of movements sure. like the Seattle thing, you know, Chicago House, you know. The Mercy Beat. Yeah, whatever, however it works, man. That stuff's gone forever now in... in, in because we're all talking to each other that there's everybody's on the same page and i think i guess naturally that thing before the internet naturally those things would take time that assimilation that kind of formula changing a little bit and now it's changing so quickly the learning curve is literally like straight up and i think that's what the information overload is given you know whatever's going to happen to humanity is going to happen but it's accelerated to such a point and the graduations at such a high rate, it's it's nuts, man. Well, you write, I write. I, 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 in cleaning my apartment, I've found a lot of old letters from girlfriends and stuff mm -hmm. like that, because I guess I saved every nice letter any girl ever sent me. And, uh, and in them a lot, they mentioned that I had written them poems and stuff like that. And I realized, like, we used to pass notes, and like, yeah, yeah. it was a courtship that we were doing. Mm -hmm. And now the courtship is Netflix and show. Yeah, also, I, I think a lot of it has to do with... Uh, I guess or here's a or, or even more than Netflix. Here's a picture of my penis. Here's a picture of my vagina and boobs. Okay, Netflix and chill. <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess because uh, the romance is taken out of certain things, it, it doesn't make them better. You know, I, I, I was one for being a romantic. I think I am in general. I think when it comes not not just my interaction with my my wife or whatever, but I think just in general where I approach 
life. You have to have a romantic idea about stuff, or it's just mundane and it's mechanical. And I think that's what's happening with with sex. You see all these kids and how porn is so different now, and now porn is just you used really, to have to work to get it <laughs> well, really hard. You didn't have a dad. At least I had a dad who had a drawer that I found two old magazines in. I don't know where you got your. You had to go probably steal it from a magazine shop. Or yeah, something. I was running all over <laughs> Avenue Way, man. But it, it, it's just weird, like when. When I lost my virginity, I knew this girl really well, you know, and it was something we had built up a, right. a little thing, you know, have, have, as young as we were, we built up a little understanding, you know, and being that that was my first sexual relationship, I kind of tried to emulate that in my further ones where I had an emotional thing. Yeah, we've probably all been in situations where there wasn't a super emotional connection but now it seems like that stuff's kind of laughed as i call being soft or you know yeah. you're going softer oh well i was always called that because i never i you know one night stands weren't my thing i always would much rather i'd rather be with the same woman a hundred times than than a hundred women yeah well keep your dick that way too it's, it's it's actually more interesting but you mean you like you look at porn after a hundred times like, they've got to go but remember when we were kids <laughs> there was porn right and then there was like you know triple x porn and stuff right you know, there's a lot of Playboy going on now. That's the, you know, that's the stupid. You could see that on. Right, that's on, just naked women. I you mean, see that on network TV. You could see the same right. stuff we used to see in Playboy. You'd be like, yeah, whatever. Well, there is so, a porn actress who says she was raped on the set of a porn movie, Danushka or something like that. She says James Dean, who's a porn actor, raped her on the set of a movie because she used the word she was supposed to use to make it stop, oh, and he wow. didn't stop, and everybody kept filming and da 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 da. da and Did she I don't know what afterwards the, or whatever. She freaked out. Oh. There was an article about it in the New Yorker. I don't know what the outcome of it was. Jeez. And of course, a lot of people are saying, you know, you're in that industry. That isn't rape. Blah blah blah. blah. You well, know, and it, it, it actually, and if she has a safe word, because a lot of you know, yeah, a lot of people who play sex games have safe, safe words. You do like an S and M or whatever. Sure. I don't know that shit. Be like, mine well, is stop your mine is stop your fucking hurting me. <laughs> Sacrilegious word. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think that because of how, how, how the the emotional content of, of of porn has always been very small, but I'm just saying the brutality and the domineering aspects, a lot of this graphic porn that's out now, when kids see that at a very young age, when they first look for porn, when we first looked for porn, we were looking at fucking Playboy and maybe Penthouse, maybe we saw right. a pussy, maybe. Right, maybe. You know? Generally, he was covered by a leg yeah. and, a, and a nice... Uh, <laughs> exactly, right? Vaseline yeah. smear on the lens. Exactly, but now if a kid who's seven, eight, whenever we first saw fucking Playboy, gets some access to the internet and puts like tits or pussy Oops. or ass. No, my my five year old, uh, when he was five, my nephew's best buddy Luke, he typed in the word boobs on the internet. Hmm. Do you know how well, many things uh, show up when you type well, almost anything? I mean, you could type two yeah. words that are unrelated. You could type in Korean oven mitt, and I guarantee you, there's some weird sexual act called yeah. the Korean oven mitt. But my point, well, my, I, don't I, I guess my it. point is on that <laughs> is like that's how kids are viewing the very yes, act of sex. That is, the girls think that they should come in and be like, okay, so we start in reverse cowgirl and then we move on to. The well, no, I just <laughs> think that there's, I think the emotion, the lack of emotional, or the emotional tie is, to it. Yes. So if if you know, because it's you're going from zero to one hundred in a very small amount of time. That's what I was saying. The exponential, uh, you know, if you're looking at the you know a bell curve, it's just fucking super steep. So with you saying I'm curious about sex to wow these people are like pounding each other anally right. with you know right well there's a difference between having having sex and sports sex which is what that really yeah, should be yeah. called because that it's, but for a seven year old they don't know that difference of course not so you get that going on and then people just think that that's how human beings treat each other 
And that's a horrible way to kind of go into it all. And I think just knowing that that stuff affects young people the way it does. Because, you know, when you're young, you don't know how to do the sex thing. I mean, you know, when you're really young, you don't know. No. And so what you do is you look out into the world to try to put this puzzle together that's in your mind from these different sources that you have. Mm -hmm. you know, that source is really fucking seriously, you know, like a heavy-duty hardcore porn thing. That's right. going to fuck part of your picture up. Right. Right? If, you're not, if you're not equalizing that with Alex Comfort's The Joy of Sex and, well, that's, and, and I, that I, reading a book. And, that you know, book still fucking haunts me. That well, because you had the edition where they were all hairy, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> the yeah. drawings. They changed well, the drawings have now. It. I didn't have it. I saw it when I was a kid, and it freaked me out. If people don't know what this book I'm talking about is. They still was, make it. They still do? Well, as much as they make books, wow. yes. Alex Comfort's, and I think it's in its like 50th edition, but the early drawings in the 70s when we were kids, yeah. the people in it were, I guess, representative of that era, and they were very, very hairy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it showed a lot of sexual positions. It's not like a karma sutra. It was very actual matter-of-fact about it. But I remember the first time I looked at it, I was babysitting for some kid, and I was probably 12, and, you know, the kid went to sleep, and I was like, ooh, joyous sex. Took it out and looked at the pictures and went, am I supposed to look like yeah, that? Like, like, was oh, just very shit. confused by everything. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, it was very hairy, man. And it was graphic, man, for like, and it was pencil. It was, a it was pen pencil ink, drawings. Pen yeah. and ink or something. So it was like illustrated. It was just, wow, man. Yeah, yeah. See, that, that kind of shit. So that's what we saw when we were trying to experiment and try to find out different sources. So I, I just think... It kind of it, it's gonna fuck people up because, you know, the I guess the courtship you mentioned, is right. is very short now. It's it's seconds long rather than right. months. Well, and American society is also very different from European society in the way we represent the, the way we like urinals, male urinals in America. Every male urinal is divided into an individual space. God yeah. forbid you yeah. see another man's penis. Anywhere in Europe or pretty much the rest of the world, you're peeing in a trough or hole. Mm -hmm. We've all got penises, blah, 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 blah. And the same thing goes like beaches. You know, beaches in America, everybody, for the most part, you have to go to a topless or a nude beach to be either topless or nude. In Europe, they're mostly clothing optional on all beaches. Mm -hmm. And people don't stare at it because it's there and you're used to it. And yeah. we make such a thing about these taboos of these things that we, we then overreact in the opposite direction of it. Yeah. And that isn't good for society either. Well, that's very Victorian in its in its not ideas, letting you right? know. This is why do priests molest children because they don't let priests have have wives. Originally, that's what nuns were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what nuns were in the early early days. You can look these things up. They're historical facts. I don't. Yeah, make stuff man, that's up. they were priests and they were nuns and the nuns were there because they were you know to help the priests not you know whatever. We don't have to go into details. You get the idea. Well, I, I you know personally, I don't. I've never seen that happen. But no, they don't I'm do that at all. No, neither am I. Way, way, way back when. Thousands of years. But I think it's cause and effect in a lot of ways. I, I, and when it comes to people acting a certain way, it's you know it's how society kind of strips back as many layers. So I think what's happening now is because we were trying to tell everybody else that there's no magic in the world, that the people like us who believe there is magic in the world, world. is filled with magic. It's magic yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every day. It's... Those who know that kind of just go, all right. But I think those of us who know there is magic in the world have to say it more, you know? And I think the fact that people do get, you know, really down on stuff. Hey, I say there's magic in the world. I also get really down on stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, well, that's what I was kind of on, saying, yeah. On the whole, you know, you just have to be happy or unhappy. Choose the right one. Who wants to choose to be unhappy? What's yeah. wrong with you? You know, I mean, yeah, okay, if you're a Morrissey fan, that's cool. 
<laughs> well, to, you know, to get what you want, you have to know what it is. And I think that's kind of the the state of play right now is people don't know what they, I guess society doesn't know what it wants, so we can't get it. Because we're all going in a bunch of different directions, and that's cool, but mm-hmm. I think we have to kind of figure out a general area that we should start going into. Because it's just too many different, you know, chefs in the kitchen, you're never going to cook anything. Can't even figure out what you're going to cook, man. I know I need a Coca-Cola, though, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> Well, all right, my friends, like I said, no holding back, and we continue in part two next time. So don't forget to share the love, rate, and review, and subscribe to the pod. Tell your friends, share the love, it's the Brooklyn way. Until next time, y'all, stay classy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.